Yeah, Lauren did a theme song for our podcast. Snitch? Friggin' snitch. Snitch? (laughs) Tell us more. I would love to hear about this podcast, particularly if it's about snacks. Um, so, I'm co-hosting a new podcast with Conrad and Linda called Let's Talk About Snacks. Um, and you guessed it, we talk about snacks. (laughs) Um, but yeah, if you want to hear me rap about snacks and then listen to us talk about snacks, it's called Let's Talk About Snacks. I love snacks, and I love the idea of listening to all of you, as should everyone listening. That's yeah, good. yeah. You can go and, and subscribe to it now wherever podcasts are found, but especially on Apple Podcasts, which is the only one that actually matters, and you give it like a five-star rating and a review, and I appreciate you for that now, moment. Say, Conrad, if I wanted to financially support this podcast, though, where would I go to do that? Well, it's funny you should ask, Chris. You would do that at patreon.com slash let's talk about snacks. We're also starting an Instagram. Is Apple Podcasts the secret to the algorithm? Is that how you hack it? It, that's just the biggest audience. Yeah. Apple Podcasts mm. is the biggest one, and it's the only one where like the ratings actually seem to do anything. Yeah. We eat a lot of garbage so that you don't have to. <laughs> oh, I don't like that tagline. <laughs> um, um, like, did, Wait, did we eat something together that I forgot about? <laughs> no, it's similar to another catchphrase from another thing. Oh, never mind. It's coming back. Yep. What am I? What am I? Wait, what am I? Oh yeah, it's it's coming up. It's definitely coming up. It's returning. One could say. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, yeah, you know how this show can be a lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice is really selling it. Um, I'm not wrong. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> um, you know it's not high stakes. Snacks. Snacks. Very low stakes. <laughs> this show doesn't have to be high stakes. It's a comedy. You all keep making characters whose backstories is like, I was beaten every day since the age of five. You eat it up every time you get to finally do some shit. Like, you get so happy every time you get to fuck some shit up. You're like, oh, yes, finally. <laughs> Honestly, it's a defense mechanism. We put all of that stuff in there so you won't blindside us with something even more awful you can't than what give we us thought a of. Sad backstory if we give it to ourselves. Yeah, I'm putting you in a box when I do that. I don't think that's true. I think Laura Laura really hacked it this season because like last season obviously Nifix was such a high drama, intense character study. And this season she's like, I'm a nice bug. <laughs> and I never was like I never went out of my way to be like, actually, you're a secretly very sad bug. Honestly, <laughs> after last season I I just needed a season where, like, no one was mad at me for my character, so I played a nice bug this time. It's totally a thing. You're like, God, how do I get them to shut up this season? <laughs> no offense, fans. We love you sometimes. Yeah. Let's start off our finale <laughs> All antagonizing offense fans. Them. What are they going to do? I'm gone, baby. Lauren's <laughs> 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 off the leash. Oh no, the tiger is out. Yeah, yes, yes, the tiger is free. <laughs> oh my god, that problem is me. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. That's Chappy. <laughs> That's Chappy. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny every time I hear it. 
<laughs> no one even knows what the fuck I'm talking about, and I still say that all the time. I know it. I only know what it is because you said it so much. I googled it. Oh, what would Austin do? If all of our characters died. Like he'd, he'd be like, I guess it's just the episode ends here. He couldn't do anything. Yeah, isn't that kind of season one ended? Uh, I throw myself into the sun. All right, come on. <laughs> Next up, I throw right. myself into the sun. Let's go. <laughs> uh, we're all gonna die because then you can't stop us from doing what we want if we're dead. <laughs> what if the last episode started with you all throwing yourselves into the sun? I mean, I don't know. That sounds like a you problem, Austin. <laughs> Record scratch. You're probably wondering how this happened. <laughs> like, I was playing in a home game once and someone got a call and they're like, oh, I have to go home and take care of something. And I was like, okay, just what does your character do it while you're away? And they're like, uh, can I roll to jump up in the air, flip 180 degrees, and then land on my neck? They're like, I'm done. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Wait, that's the funniest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> it's up there. Conrad, everything that comes out of your mouth is absolutely devastating. <laughs> he- yes, yes, the tiger is out also. <laughs> oh my god, double tiger. Double tigers. You guys should get it's matching class- jackets. It's a classic two tiger situation. So last we left this adventure, no, uh, <laughs> that's not the energy I think we really want to cultivate right now, Laura. <laughs> I was going for majestic awe and wonder. It was as funny as I thought it would be, though. I had a good time. <laughs> what do I, I roll to one punch man the final boss? <laughs> you rolled a Saitama. Well, let's get there first, because last we left this adventure, you all jumped aboard the Denetian Chimera that Sven sent to you with... His time powers, which have now been revealed to you. Um, I think the last thing you said was, uh, damn, that kid's got some juice, Lola. And then uh, Vereen hung up the, the Mephit phone. You all jumped aboard and flew away into, away into the sky. So I guess we're going to the sky. Um, as you're going up, I mean, you're seeing Wormwood from a whole new angle. Obviously, the, the cruise ship is a, bu- a couple stories off the ground, but you've never been how high you're going now. This is like, you know, airplane and higher. Um, and seeing the country recede below you is, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you how your characters feel. Why don't you tell me? Is, are you, is it like beautiful? Or are you just like, finally glad to be rid of that place? Or tired. What? What's, tired. 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 Just like, oh, damn. How are you? I know we got this thing. It's a really far away damn go. I just. Can we all just take a nap and just let's save Amy and then go to bed? Don't fall asleep 
up here, what if you roll over in your sleep and roll off the thing? I know, I'm not going, how could I sleep up here? They could be like, hey Lola, we gonna be here forever. They're gonna be like here for like a week, you can sleep up here. I ain't sleeping. What if the hippo part tries to eat me in my sleep? It gives you an eye, a hungry, hungry eye, Lola. Look, it's beside <laughs> me, look at it! I don't have to sleep, I can keep an eye out for the hippo one, and I, I give it a look back. <laughs> it, it looks away sheepishly. <laughs> <laughs> I get wrecked, hippo. Um, <laughs> my back hurts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as you see the country below you, you see the glass forest. You see the cruise ship, which has come to a stop in the in the, the on the flats. It, it will never move again. It is now just a permanent settlement. Sucks to suck. Yeah, uh, it, that's just now where the Genasi live. Um, there is Harp City. There's Absinthia. Everything you can see, like people fighting and so forth, because the the revolution's still going. What catches your eye, and I was going to make you roll a perception for this, but it's it affects the whole country, so I, I actually am not going to. And that is, there is a, sh- a, a strange, almost like ink stains like spreading throughout the salt. There is a color kind of slowly creeping across the ground. I'm going to guess it's... Uh... Uh... <laughs> God! Uh... <laughs> Orange. I'm going to leave all this in so everyone can see how mean you are to me. <laughs> Dude, you're so much meaner. I'm not. I'm baby. You've made me cry so many times. <laughs> not that it's hard, but... <laughs> the color uh, creeping across the ground is actually green. Oh, we picked the synthesis ending. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you kind of did? <laughs> Um, the party doesn't know exactly what's happening. You haven't spoken to Claire since she did, went off and did whatever she did, but you know that she has, you know, had conduit abilities. She did something to give the the, the rebels uh, determination. She's out there. She's making moves, making choices, and it appears that killing the God King has triggered the last part of whatever she accomplished on her journey. Nice. Um, so we're, we're going to fuse with the Modron. I get it. Cool. Okay. No, the Mo- the Modron actually already fused. You fought them in the Gork Fields arc. They've been oh, fused. Yeah. So we, we just need to talk to the Star Child then. <laughs> we get it. Mass Effect exists. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sending's started to kind of sound like Mass Effect. Did, now, did we 100% it? We get to see our breath at the end of it to show that uh, we maybe survived? <sighs> Uh, Austin, how much fun are you having today? <laughs> I'm in hell. I'm, I'm being tortured by devils and demons. <laughs> <laughs> of your own making. Let's not, you know. You, did, <laughs> you made us. Um, but I, I think this is a phenomenon you're, you, you see going on below you. And it might, you know, it first seem a little scary. Like, oh, my God, what's happening to the ground? Um, but then you're filled with this sense of. Uh, peace or calm or however you feel about uh, you know clear when she reached out to you with her magic powers I mean feel free to tell me um, but she has done something to this to this land oh yeah all the animals are gonna love that it sure would be good if not all of it was salt and things could live here yeah it's really nice when a dice font character, you know, like makes the world more habitable as a result of their actions. <laughs> Unusual too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah. So you reach the, the kind of highest point you've ever been. You can look in every direction. You see around Wormwood because it's this kind of salt, uh, almost like crater where this, this ocean used to be. And you see in every direction there are you know other civilizations. There are other towns and cities and countries. To the north you see a, a, an enormous mountain. Um, I don't remember if Duke Pendergrass said to any of you or if he's just said this to Frida or clear, uh, but that's where he's from, Mount Grendel to the north, this just enormous peak that's outside of Wormwood. Um, but you see the world in all its fullness in a way you've never seen before from this height. The forbidden animals. I, I think looking down, Vindros is just struck by the fact that everywhere she's ever been all seems so small. Hmm. But now everybody looks like ants from up here. Who's the bug now? Who's the bug now, indeed? <laughs> I, I, I think she's she's just really struck by the the realization of there's so much, so much places to see. I like to think Bramwell is looking over the side of it, and he has seen a world that he has crossed before in his life and i think as a cool contrast as vindros is thinking about all the adventures that could be ahead bramwell is thinking about all the times that are behind him now and kind of reminiscing on it in that way oh yeah i like to imagine also that you have like tattoos of some of the landmarks in the distance that you don't remember you're like "Ooh, that looks like a cool settlement and then on your back there's like (laughs) an entire yakuza back piece of that town (laughs) it's on his back so he never sees it how's he gonna remember it's like fucking dude where's my car at at some point uh vindros looks over and sees the sort of reminiscing look on on bramwell's face and is just quietly whispering not gonna let you die. I'm not gonna let you die. <laughs> not gonna let you die. <laughs> you stop that. Stop looking wistful. <laughs> put, put that de- death back where it came from, or so help me. You don't need to reminisce. You're going to live forever. It's fine. <laughs> put that thing back, or so help me. <laughs> this is this is something in my life that happens a lot, where my girlfriend would pick up her cat and be like, "You're gonna die. Yes, you are. <laughs> any minute now." You're on death's door. And I'm like, shh, don't listen to her. You're going to live forever. You're going to come to our funerals. I have a little suit picked out for you to stand over my grave. <laughs> You're going to die. Oh, your cat's the one that shoots off the arrow to, to light your uh My funeral pyre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I hope she does. Uh, so the party reaches the cracks in the sky. If you're all done reminiscing and talking and you enter... Uh, just this dark tunnel because there's quite a lot of ground that has been blasted away by that mech laser beam. And you're just like descending into darkness as you hear the the beat of the chimera's wings and you can like smell earth around you. I think maybe in the distance you can see a pinprick of light, maybe even uh, the bumble sloth made from salt that Amy is trapped inside of as it <laughs> breaches the surface. I'm sorry. You, yeah, you, you said the beat of the chimera's wings, and in the back of my head, it just went. <laughs> <laughs> that should be canon. Yeah, it's a mosquito, but it'd be much funnier if it was a. Okay, but can Lola start like raving? Who has glow sticks? <laughs> is is that the vibe you all want to carry through this dark tunnel? As the wings are going. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> what are you gonna do, Austin? Stop me! <laughs> and Bramwell casts the cantrip light, and that's just the fucking ray yeah. of uh, what, the glow sticks. You're not my boss anymore. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you all rave up to the surface. Oh yeah, that's the image I want. Uh, and so the light gets closer and closer, and I think there's just this silent, held breath in the group until you emerge into sunlight and you have never tasted air quite like this. It's, I don't know if you have the words for it. It's like fresh in a way that in contrast, you're like, Oh, I've been breathing canned air my entire life. And I didn't realize, cause I just thought that's what the world was. Well, hang on. Is it Perrier? Yeah. yeah it's, it's honestly that space balls bit with the canned air. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's overwhelming <laughs> though. It's like, Oh my gosh, it can be like this. Uh, and the sky is immediately terrifying or, you know, maybe, maybe it's wondrous to you, but the, you're just, you see something you've never seen before, which to you are just giant looming shapes. I don't know if you know the word planets. There are a half dozen planets in the sky and they are too close to you. They are, they are in a way, if you understood like mass and, you know, gravity, you would assume, oh, we're being sucked into the orbit of these planets. We're going to die. That's how close they are. Uh, but they're not. They've been placed there by the old gods in the heavens, the stars and the planets to watch over the top layer because you are on the surface. Oh, well. Oh. What? Is there any snacks up here? Are there any snacks up here? The chimera kind of uh, pinwheels around uh, like it was going straight up and now it goes level with the ground and you can look ar- around on the landscape. And the sky was the first thing that struck you it, because these these like half dozen huge looming orbs in the sky, different colors, some have rings. Um, they're gorgeous, but also awe-inspiring. And there's this, this smattering of stars, which you don't have any reference for. There's just these weird twinkling lights. Uh, the air is strangely bracing and wonderful um, and all around you the the landscape is vibrant and shifting in a weird way like you see the ground in one moment it's dirt and then the next it's water and then it's fire and then it's a mountain and then it's a valley the whole ground here is alive and shifting and moving and trying to find the shape that it will be born into and uh, this feels like a lot. I like to think process. Uh, Bramwell is going to look at this, uh, pull off his monocle, breathe on it, wipe it off on his vest, and look again. He's like, nope, still have no idea what's happening here. <laughs> That's a relatable glasses moment. And like 100 yards away from you, you see the pink bumble sloth has come to a rest in the middle of a, a, you know, a plateau here. It's like a flat part of the ground overlooking maybe uh, an ocean that is water one one minute and then gas and then some kind of combination and then it's electricity. (laughs) And Amy steps out of the bumble sloth covered in salt, but clearly her, she's in her body, she's physical, and she's standing next to the bumble sloth and they're both kind of just looking over this cliff at, at the world around them. Alright, I'm on my way. On your way? I'm on my way. Well, Lola, you're in charge of animals, so I think you can you can say authoritatively you bring the chimera to a landing near the bumble sloth and the party can dismount. <laughs> Is either that or I was gonna like <laughs> skydive. 
<laughs> yeah, got to be like, extremely extra. Yeah, well, that's like ninety nine percent of my personality. Um, well, yeah, I'm just gonna get over. Uh, Amy, Amy, hey, are you relatively speaking? Are you alright? Yeah, Amy doesn't turn around to look at you. You see, she's covered in you know both white like table salt and like pink crystal salt. She's looking out over the landscape as it kind of shifts and morphs below you. And she says, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is, yeah. A little scary, but sometimes scary things are beautiful, like sharks. <laughs> like sharks! They are, they're so cute, but they're so scary. Or, oh, alligators. God damn it, Lauren. I did 38 pretentious episodes of podcasts to try to capture the the terror inherent in potential and the beauty inherent in potential and the <laughs> conflict between the two and you just said you know like sharks and just summed it all up you fucking jag <laughs> <laughs> what they're cute and scary I well yeah just like what do you want from me just like I the just unknown the truth. <laughs> just like just like everything outside of what you know yeah but with teeth. My father was so scared of the world outside of Wormwood that he couldn't control. He dedicated his entire life to this. And she gestures at the the big salt bumble sloth and says it was a kind of going away present for whichever child had a conduit so he could rule in his name. I could have all of this. I could be the Liberator Queen. Is that even like what you want anymore, though? I want what's best for my people. I could give them a whole layer. I could give them the surface. And she gestures all around you. Like, this is the first time you see her. And she's, like, you know, pale and, like, maybe has been crying. It's, like, she's very overwhelmed. She was just absorbed into a a magical construct filled with, like, tens of thousands of murdered souls. Yeah. (laughs) And she says, it would take generations to figure out all this land up here to make it habitable and hospitable it could be it could all be our kingdom and i could give it to them oh my jamie perhaps you missed the developments happening down in wormwood yeah the surface is looking pretty good right now very green all over the people of wormwood will never accept me back they hate my father they hate me the revolution disowned me I lost my my faith advisor who was going to help me. I don't have anything down there. Well, you got me. And the crew. I mean, we're kind of jerks, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we do care. I mean, you know. We're trying to make things better. Maybe, you're, maybe your, your role is to make things better, you know, on a small scale. Why should I have to give it up? I trained my entire life for this. I gave up everything for this. I killed my own mother. Aren't you tired? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired, Lola. Yeah. You're not... I know a lot about science and anatomy. But, like, your brain isn't even done doing adult brain growing. Like... You didn't have a childhood. 
Why you gotta throw away your young adulthood? For my people, despite my father, who was so terrified of the world outside of Wormwood that he killed all these people, what if I give it back to them? Your father's dead. It doesn't matter. You won't get the satisfaction of them being spited. You don't live the rest of your life to spite someone who's dead. You are not alone, Amy. All of the Wolfwood children, I believe are in similar states of confusion to you all right now. And I believe even your younger sisters, some manner of effect of what's going on there. And I can't say for certain, but I believe she may have made a choice also about what the people should decide and offered that to them. My, my mother told me, that when she left clear, she had reached the bottom of the world, where something my father was afraid of was hidden. That's mu that must be what's going on down there. If he's dead now, whatever he was trying to hold back all these years can finally come to the country. Wouldn't you like to see what that is? What Wormwood can truly be? Yeah, so I 100% expected this entire campaign to lead up to a boss fight here, um, either because you aligned with her in the rebellion and then you betray her at the end, or because you abandoned her at that crucial moment <laughs> that Lola ended up staying back and she resents you. Um, but uh, persuasion checks? We made choices. We, 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 yeah. we were doing that thing that we do every season where it's like, oh, boss fight, you mean friend. <laughs> I know, but I made her so bad. She sucks so much. Why are you? Why is she? She's a kid who's an abuser whole life, Austin. How would I not I sympathize? Know. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, your mistake was you created a sympathetic means for us to approach this problem. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, God yeah. King? He sucked to suck. Fucking suck sack the entire time. You need more him. Yeah. 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 I, I got a 12 on Persuasion. I crit. <laughs> God damn. Amy at this point is like looking down, thinking about what you're saying, but her hand is on the knife at her side. She has the same kind of metal knife that, uh, you know, Claire had when you saw her. It has a, a, a black gem instead of a blue one because she got negative from her father instead of water. Um, but she seems like she's torn between trying to assert herself as liberator queen and as Ola said, just resting. Like living like a, like a person. And you crit, even though you're not the charisma character anymore. Uh, so you tell me how the final battle goes, or I guess the final conversation, because this is Dice Funk and we don't always have a final boss battle. I'm, I'm curious how you're going to uh, uh, one-up giving Plutonium a hug. <laughs> yeah. Vereen's going to... Um take a couple steps closer to Amy and he's going to say I know it can feel overwhelming when your entire life has been determined for you that it's going to go one course and you're set on a path you don't think you can just 
leave. But every once in a while, you do get an opportunity to start over. I'd take it. You did not just create common ground between a slave and a princess, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Owned. You're gosh darn genius, Conrad. I think Amy uh, drops the knife, blade down into the ground, and I think the ground eats it. Why? Just for fun? Just because it makes you happy? Yeah, this whole world is is waiting to determine its shape. I think Amy like kneels down on the ground as it goes, like puts a hand where it was and says, I think the old gods wanted us to find this place eventually and start over. It's like they preserved our history below and then left us a blank canvas above. Which sounds kind of lazy for a god, but whatever. <laughs> Lauren, this is you're talking about your your character did this. Bless you. I'm not a god. I just pet animals. No, Cordelia did this. Uh, yeah, well, Lauren isn't in the world <laughs> of the show. You can't uh-huh. yell at Lola for what Cordelia did. I know it's just very funny because she's like she was the god of you know art and expression. And she like was like paint your own world with all the colors of the wind, and you're like nerd, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yelling at your own self. Yeah, fucking on brand. Um, I think Amy like digs into her pack and pulls out a skull. Which none of you have any concept of being part of her oh. whole style. Only Claire has seen this. Uh, I just kind of assume it's probably her mom. That's a whole weird thing. Yeah. I mean, you're correct. And she places it on the ground. And the ground also kind of opens up and accepts it. And so the first person interred on the surface of the world is Belle Wolfram. I think that's a really... I don't know. That's kind of special. That's all she can handle. And Amy kind of just lays down... And the, the salt b- bumble sloth kind of looks around and then just uh, starts losing its features and once it become, once again just becomes kind of a, a pile of salt. Can I attempt to, like, pick her up? Yeah, absolutely. Carry her, yeah. I guess let's go home. In your arms, Bramwell, Amy says, I had a whole boss fight planned. I was going to take your potential and like use it against you. Like I was going to summon an animal because that's what Lola can do. And then I was going to go into a berserker rage because that's what Vereen can do. Sweet, sweet girl. No need for those words. Just rest. I had it Let all planned out. Let the secrets out. never be told. <laughs> uh, Vindras like sidles up and goes, what, what, what about me? What are you going to do with me? Spirit guardians. That's her whole thing. I mean, the spirit yeah, guardians. yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good, actually. I was gonna wait until you tried to kill one of the party, and then like, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna keep Ramwell alive. That was the whole plan, keep Ramwell alive. Don't know if I'd have managed it. I was gonna try and do yeah, it. Yeah, I think you missed a lot, Amy, but he's got like a weird death wish. Uh... <laughs> the, the scene's just fading out as we're all discussing how that fight would have gone. <laughs> oh, it would have been so lit. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I don't know. Uh, Amy don't gotta live anywhere she wanted, but 
Lola Beans. And by proxy, Zer, because he does what I tell him to. <laughs> okay. It's not, you, I didn't do it. He just listens. I don't know, man. You wear the wings in that relationship? I sure do. And no tail, though. I'm still, still a weird little candy cane getting better every day. <laughs> um, uh, but I want to, like, you know, uh, I, I don't know, set up like a farm, but not just any normal farm, you know? Uh, it's like an animal sanctuary. And I was thinking maybe, like, Amy could be kind of like the, you know, traveling animal friend. I mean, Amy also already uh, displayed an aptitude for keeping bumble sloths. She had a whole, like, hive of them at the gore fields. Is that where? Exactly. Is that where you set up, or is it you can be anywhere in Wormwood, or you can leave the country? It's up to you, but Amy will absolutely... Well, I figure we set up in the Gorefield, and then Amy goes out and explores the parts of the country that we didn't know were there, and, like, she comes across an animal who needs to be, like, rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. She'll bring it back, and we'll help it. And so you, so you Lola Beans, Zer, and Amy Wolfram uh, retire from adventuring and become animal sanctuary custodians also the plutonium elemental okay so you're is anybody else want to call dibs on the plutonium elemental because lola hasn't even never met him so that but he talked like a baby so he can live on the farm. i i don't know if Vereen would have any reason to want the plutonium elemental but i feel like they would get first dibs if they wanted them well you know, yeah the the plutonium elemental will probably travel with Vereen. um but but oh that's but better it's it, it, it you'll see it a lot don't worry Oh, what? Is everyone gonna drop their babies off here? I think I'm a babysitter now. Yeah, you're like the you're like the nursing. What's it called? You're like the in Pokemon the nursery where you leave. I'm Nurse Joy. Yeah, the, the daycare center. Yeah, <laughs> people leave their weird animals and get cool new hybrids. And it's not sex. The eggs just mysteriously appear. Is the canon in Pokemon? In case you're not aware of this, listener, there's no sex in Pokemon. You just leave two animals and then an egg appears. That's it. Does that mean there's no dicks in Pokemon? Uh, Lauren, I can't make the episode title There's No Dicks in Pokemon, but I appreciate the hustle. You're welcome. <laughs> you can make it There's No Dongs in Pokemon. <laughs> that actually flows better. That's true. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. So, Zer retires from being the bandit king of the glass forest and becomes what the the animal king of the gore fields and he's like he's still very extra <laughs> pancake king the pancake yes i'm sorry the pancake king of the gore fields <laughs> he's put all his effort into that now yes um because it worked one time yeah i mean is is Yumanyora still there because Yumanyora worked at the animal sanctuary when we left him is that yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna kick this baby out he's more of a well-behaved boy mm-hmm are you are you you become close with uh, him too? I try, you know. I mean, sometimes you know, Clear's not here to help mentor him. You know, figure might as well you know, take care of him until she gets back. He's he's look, he's got a little helmet on. What's what could go wrong? <laughs> I think you're putting a little. You're putting a. You you bring Yumanura a selection of different helmets and hats for him to try on, and you're having a little fashion it's show like, with if him. If you want, yeah. If you want to try to diversify your look, you can just straw hat. There's a sun hat. It's like a straw hat, but less country looking. 
There's a baseball hat. I know baseball is, but there's hats for it. I think Amy comes over. She's riding Stuart. I think they're good friends now. And she's just giving, you know, going for a walk, going for walkies around the uh, sanctuary. And she comes over to you and says, uh, what nice hats. Yeah, you want one? Yeah. Um, what do you think will look best? Um, I was, I talked to Bramwell once about how I never really got to pick my own food because I was a princess and I had servants for that. And I wait, they don't let you choose food though. I feel like that's like the one good thing you get from being a princess is at least you can probably eat what you want, right? No, my dad had like special chefs and they made everything. I also didn't, I also didn't get to pick my own clothes is what I, where I was going with that. So I never really, I don't know what to pick as far as hats go. Well, it's like you look and, you know, even if it's just a little spark, uh, something, just something like resonates, you know, that's your hat. <laughs> something resonates. Interesting. I think she spends way too, she like literally t- takes a bunch of hats, sits down on the ground and then like holds her hands over them and tries to feel their energy for like 20 minutes and is just sitting there. She's doing that? Can I make her a cake? Because <laughs> uh-huh. she wasn't allowed to eat if she wanted. I don't know if she had cake. Uh-huh. Also, Lola wants cake, because Lauren wants cake. Yeah, I, I mean, Zer definitely in the background, like, I am the pancake king, and also the cake king. Uh, you ever thought about making, like, a trifle, but using pancakes as layers instead of regular cakes? I think that could be good. I've had enough layers for one lifetime, honestly. Uh, layers are not as fun in your life, like, if they're, you know, the shape of the world, but they're a lot fun to eat. Uh, Amy sitting there with her hats for like 20 minutes trying to pick one off its energy eventually just kind of uh, looks up at you Lola and says hey Lola yeah why didn't you why didn't you leave me behind everyone always leaves me behind uh, well that was part of why I mean and I, I, first of all like uh, you know it's pretty shitty if somebody's like, oh, hey, there's my body that I need help getting back. Oh, you're leaving? Bye. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you kind of said you didn't get pick anything yourself. You had a lot of people fail you. And yeah, honestly, you were turned into kind of a jerk. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you had nothing really. I had everything. I was a princess. That's the whole thing. You, I, you could have easily killed me like you killed my father. I don't, just don't understand how you choose who lives and dies. I guess. Um, I don't know. Just there was your, there was no hope in your father. Like, you know, you, you're young enough. You're you're young enough that maybe you could, you know, some actual like affection. Uh, free from things you had to do. I don't know. Like, I wasn't going to leave you. Like, you know, yeah, you're... Like, you're still a kid, you know? I know you're, like, basically an adult in your mind, but you're still really young, and then, you know... I don't know. I just... I, I, I felt... I don't know. I saw something in you that was, uh, you know, what if I had, well, uh, nobody abandoned me because I didn't really have people around, but if I did and they all abandoned me, like, I couldn't imagine. I, 
I, I literally had Lola come face to face with her own skull and she wasn't faced. <laughs> um, Listen, skulls happen. Skulls happen. Uh, I think Amy opens her mouth to say something sappy and thank you. But then Zer comes in and goes, I made a tort. He made a tort. I don't know what a tort is, but I made one. It's a kind of cake. Do you, did they let you eat cake? I'm all caked up. Yes, sir. We know you're caked up. Talk about it all the time. He twerks into this conversation. <laughs> Listen, okay. I respect the hustle. <laughs> okay. um, uh, twerking is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. I gotta keep. I gotta keep. You know, in shape so I can fly. You don't need your butt to fly. Not. Not the way I do it. Okay. Well, Amy. <laughs> Uh, we have cake. You want to eat some cake? It's really good. Stuart can have a little bit as a treat, but... No, I think the way this ends is you gather everyone for some cake, and then <laughs> Stuart busts into the... Just like a fucking bowl at a china shop and refreeze frame as the cake goes flying. Just grab whatever chunks you can. This happens every time. Yeah, in the freeze frame, you see the Pangloris tongue shooting out towards the cake. Yeah, You see the deal seal <laughs> creeping in from the side. <laughs> the boogles like just like the tip of his little nose. <laughs> yeah, he's too big to fit in the picture. It's like in the skylight that it was created by the weagle. So the last order of business before you can truly say that your your adventure and your journey is complete is you have to lead a pilgrimage of the halflings to the surface because that's where the salt is with all their pen- potential. <gasps> Let's Otherwise- all get on the weagle. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, halflings as a species and dice funk are like essentially going to go extinct. So, because they're all just, the dark sun did them dirty. Oh, well, that's okay. We could just add hobbits then. So, Lola, you, at your animal sanctuary, you have weagles, and so they're they're huge. They're blue whale size. And so what, you and Amy mount up on, on weagles and just scoop up halflings in their giant mouths? The Bweagle's like, I would like it if you all stopped cannibalizing. <laughs> now that, okay, I was thinking of a, a kind of, of, of a pilgrimage, but actually with a giant blue whale, I think it might be more efficient to do it the opposite way, which is to scoop up the salt in their mouths and bring it to the halflings rather than vice versa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cute. It's like a little delivery. Like, knock, knock, it's here. What do we have? It's a present. It's your potential. Happy birthday. Uh, uh, so what, do they snort it? Of course they do. It's a white powder. <laughs> Conrad's like, I'm, I'm kind of invested in the mental image of Bilbo ripping a fat line. <laughs> Just doing rails off of, uh, <laughs> oh, what's the, uh, Samwise's cock? Just. <laughs> no, that's Frodo. Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, they had a, they had a hard journey. Hard. Shut up. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Just <laughs> shut my mouth. Who are you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Wait, that, so you're telling me the season ends with all the halflings getting together and just going fucking uh, Scarface? <laughs> Listen, every now and then you have to go on a bender. <laughs> It's it's how you keep your head right, like once a year. (laughs) 
Lisa Ashley's have had a hard time. Let them enjoy their Look, drugs. Ask just... anyone who's done, done a bunch of coke. They'll tell you about how they'll feel full of potential. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Briefly. <laughs> Briefly. Yeah, I was going to say. You know what's fun? <laughs> not cocaine. Not cocaine, no. <laughs> it's not. Don't do drugs, kids. I say, about to hit my vape. Captain Young and the Thriller Bark, uh, after extensive repairs from the battles, uh, head off as kind of the first uh, expedition team to map and uh, explore the surface of the world. Oh, I'm so proud of them. All of the people that you met on your journey have parts to play, and we'll get there. But I think Young is uniquely placed as the captain of a, of a you know famous ship of the Revolution to uh, get the best of the best crew and travel. Actually, because the crack in the sky you went through, uh, here's a here's an interesting detail. Eventually, it heals. Oh, ah, well, good for this guy. The old gods didn't make the world <laughs> that fragile um, but now that you know what's up there i think uh expeditions are sent to mount grendel to the north uh where duke pendergrass is from and this the tallest mountain in the known like layer i was gonna say in the known world if you go all the way to the top it's much easier to kind of crack a crack a hole in the sky and go up there and explore and young is going to be the first captain to do so so they go around and kind of recruit all of the the best and the best of the best and the coolest and brightest to be their crew. And so Young's going to go around and see who wants to go on a journey with them. So I want to establish that in case any of you want to join uh, on, on those ventures. I don't want to break the the tone of this, but all I'm picturing is someone like climbing to the top of, you know, Mount Everest and then just getting a broom and just sort of jabbing up as if someone would, you know, their noisy upstairs neighbor trying to be like, where is it? Yeah. Try to get the loft hatch down. <laughs> that is kind of the vibe, yeah. Throwing rocks straight up in the air. Ugh. Uh, because there's a lot to explore there. Um, I don't know if I should say this. Maybe I'll edit this out. But that's that's season nine is uh, the surface after some people get up there and some things get established. Mm. Not season eight, mm. which I haven't said what it is. But that's season nine. So Vindros definitely has a moment of thinking about what it would be like to go off on that adventure, it would be very much the epitome of go, go see a bunch of new things, you know, um, the bit, the, the big adventure. But I think, I think, um, ultimately for Vindras, you know, she's had enough big adventure. We, 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 we went and killed one King. There was a war. It was a lot. Adventure is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be. A nice, gentle, you know, nice, gentle explorer of things might be more, more her speed. So I, I think she, it's definitely the thing she's she daydreams a little bit about, like until the the expedition goes off. Is like, yeah, but like I could though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we're here, so why don't you tell me about Vindros and what she does after, after the revolution. I I think I think it's maybe interesting if me and Conrad do hours together because I think Vindras and Vereen yeah yeah very much yeah yeah very very much go do the same thing do you want do you want to get a start sure Comrade? so um 
after the revolution, um, Vereen wants to... Vereen's not interested in what is out there above the, uh, um, the sky because he still feels that there's a lot that still needs to be done here before anybody's even ready to create a new world. At least one season's worth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, instead, he he wants to... Um, so, instead, they want to travel throughout Wormwood and trying to find the people who can't integrate into the new society. The people who are too broken or too traumatized or just simply won't fit anymore. And give them a few choices. And I think I think for, for Vindros, the choice to come along on this adventure, like, you know, as as much as there's there's the allure to seeing, you know, a whole a whole other world, you know, when we when we were, you know, making the flight up there and seeing this world from from up above, there's plenty of this world still to see and Vindras would rather see this impossible to see all of it world, you know, alongside Vereen than a different one without. Aww. Okay. Yeah, I and I just I think I think it's nice for Vindras that Vindras can go back to where this started somewhat in terms of go around and look after people and make sure people are okay. Now, is is this dynamic reversed? Because when it started, obviously there was the charismatic cult leader and their groupie, and now it's like the famous artist and her bodyguard. I like I don't know how you flavor <laughs> that, but I imagine the people perceive you in the exact opposite dynamic. Now. Probably, yeah. Um, which is fine, you know. And for Vereen's purposes, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, he's just help fix things, you know, and give other people the opportunity to start over. Um, Meaning that could be going to Lola's animal sanctuary, or it could mean going to Denise. I I was trying to think what Denise does after this, because after she makes enough (laughs) denizens, she probably goes on to make some other terrifying creatures and monsters. She, the, the political changes in Wormwood, do not give her a moment's pause. No, it's, it's like someone her telling slightest. her about baseball scores. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way though. Well, you know, I mean, it's like it's like you know when when the the Third Reich fell. Oh, I knew you were going there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> are you saying we're Operation Paper Clipping her? It, basically, yeah. Oh no, I was about to say, is this is this our most wholesome finale? And then, uh, is this happen. is this our this uh, with with these Nazi comparisons? Is this our most? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're helping people, and then Nazis. Oh Lord, what a Tuesday! You can definitely dip in and visit her. I don't know if you want to like have a scene or there. I was definitely thinking the Mephits, having had a taste of adventure, join Young's crew. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're such good weirdos. Yeah. Uh, who else? I think Dwayne, and I think. Uh, Dr. Smooth. <laughs> See, here's the secret. Of course, Dwayne goes up to the surface because Dwayne's known about the surface all along. Oh, yeah. That's where the treasure was hidden. <laughs> <gasps> Dwayne was secretly like 
the guy the whole time. Dwayne's been playing 4D chess this entire time. Yeah. Dwayne was king the whole time. After the credits, there's a codec call where Dwayne reveals he's part of the Patriots the whole time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I think if if none of the player characters are going to join Young's crew, then it's uh, Dwayne, the Mephits, and uh, Dr. Smooth, at least. Uh, So that's just, I'm putting that out there. Do they stop to, like... Rest their shorts at my farm. Aw, of course. Okay, good. Yeah, give me all the animals in the season. <laughs> Lauren's like, I got what I came for. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about my own skull. I don't care about my backstory. None of that matters. Give me that. You bring me more pictures of animals. No. So yeah, for, for, for Vindros, I, I think that like the the joy is very much. Watching, watching Vereen thrive and and doing Aww. doing art and traveling and just being like, hey, you're you're doing really good at the thing you're doing and you're helping a lot of people and I'm just gonna watch and smile and do pictures. Oh, that's so cute. I'm sure someone's going to ask, so I think the next part of the epilogue is just at least addressing uh, what happens in the power vacuum, because God King Wolfram's death does not mean everyone is immediately thrust into a perfect utopia. Um, I think because none of the players actively, you know, wanted the throne or supported the candidate, which is a totally, you know, fine thing. None of you had to do that. Although I'd say in my offline games, anytime someone offers to become a king or a god, that every player immediately becomes feral in an attempt to get that. That's we'll, so much work. Yeah, those people have no idea what that actually entails. Like, <laughs> idiots, fools. You got eager roleplay a bunch of losers who are like, oh, like, unchecked power. <laughs> Oh, no thanks. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, was, my argument was, aren't you tired? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my, uh, players I've played with offline, immediately when that's on the table, they will walk over the bodies of every other player character to get there. Uh, just unhinged. But you all had no interest in that. So what happens in the power vacuum is that uh, there is kind of a revolutionary council. There's like the, the Wormwood Workers Party that, you know, is kind of the, the council that, runs this this state and people from each major area send representatives so some of them you don't know because you didn't meet every important person in the entire country but some people you did meet were uh charlie who looks after the you know gorefield and mole's interests uh angelo and ramsey the, the lepidopterans the jerks <laughs> were they jerks they're kind of shitty i mean like they're good but they're being like well i'm gonna do stuff to you because I don't like the choices that you make. Uh huh. I think if you saw, if you saw them and they were played by uh, Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen, you would appreciate them more. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> don't call me out. Uh, Diana, uh, the Merciel, and actually of all people, Marcel Wolfram returns to the country after it is safe to do so uh, to basically de-radicalize the Genasi population. Because obviously, oh, good good boy. There are still Genasi who are like, no, obviously we're this superior people. We run the shit. Like, let's kill our, the people who oppose us. Like the South will rise again style. And Marcel oh. is someone who uh, those people, because of their ideology, like at least sort of respond to because he is, you know, blood related to the king, the the oldest male heir, and so he kind of steps in 
to <laughs> join this council. I was like, what if we just throw all the Genasi who want to rebel into the hippo mouth? <laughs> so, I mean, that is a thing. That uh, th- Listen, this, this, this has been a very Maoist season. I think people have uh, commented that season four, there was like a corrupt power structure and the solution was very uh, Leninist vanguardism where you have like kind of, uh, you know, a small group of people who are very motivated who overthrow the system for the masses, where this season was the masses rising up and land reform specifically being the major issue. Uh, so like there's a, a, a lot of contrast and a lot of, I think you could write a paper on like Maoism and Leninism and Dice Funk and contrast these two seasons. But throwing all of the <laughs> Genasi into a hippo mouth is very, uh, that's very Mao. So... <laughs> You don't have to like it. I'm just saying it's true. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the Revolutionary Council uh, is like, uh, you know, two or so people from each major settlement coming together to make decisions for the country going forward. And it's not perfect. <laughs> Where's the Duke? Is he there going, oh, no. Well, that, that'll that be a scene. I think the Duke disappears from the world stage. Um, Are we mad? No. No. None of you care. I th- literally, I just think uh, Frida is going to go back to her bad boyfriend because that's who Joe is. <laughs> Self-awareness, huh? Uh, bad taste in men, confirmed. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. The Duke dick be hitting different. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Fuck off. I, I hope he falls off a mountain now. <laughs> Oh no, I'm falling. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the last scene? Was just him falling off a series of mountains. And I imagine Bramwell is absolutely approached about going on Young's trip. Uh, and he respectfully declines because he is retired now. Aww. He has uh, gone on his adventures. He has seen all the sights he wishes to see. He just does not have it in him anymore. But I believe that he will relay to Young that he has the utmost faith in them as a captain as for what he does, I believe Bramble's probably going to, because now the world has like plant life and things like that. It's feasible now to actually live in the spots between the major settlements. Oh, yeah. I imagine Bramwell builds like a very small, kind of quaint cottage for himself, not too far away from Absinthia. And every day. He has a routine where he'll get on Preposterous, who he reunited with, and together they ride off to go visit Sven. Aw, he's a good boy. And it is just an opportunity to basically spend time with Sven. Uh, it's sort of like a every day comes in the what the the spa, I think is what the, the part we saw was, or the resort, rather. Yeah, the resort. The resort. Comes into the resort. Stays for, you know, a couple hours around sundown, gets back on preposterous and, uh, you know, meanders his way back home. And uh, that continues for several months. 
And then only Preposterous shows up. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Vindros tried so hard. <laughs> Everyone dies someday. Uh-huh. Why is this? You sound so happy that you did this, Chris. No, I I just think this is how the story was going to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just let him, let him rest. He did. He got, he got, he got quite a lot of rest. Vindros, okay. Vindros, um... In the corner of the scene the is having to be held back from trying to use Revivify. <laughs> Actually, no <laughs> resurrection magic works on death from old age, which is why liches exist. But yeah, that's actually the one loophole. Yeah. But uh, Preposterous still keeps making the trip, even though uh, even his little uh, little hair is getting gray and old at this point. But still keeps making the trip for Spence. It's fine. Oh. Old age is acceptable so long as you weren't killed. Nope. Dindras did did a job. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, two things. One, I have to put the mental image out there of Sven as a young man, like, you know, 18 or so, like, I don't know, maybe 20, like an adventurer. You know, he's got... Pickle. Huh? Pickle. Pickle? Oh, Pickle, <laughs> the, the, the hog rat, the rat hog. Um, yeah, and like his little coat pocket. I was thinking, but he looks like a cool adventurer, like a badass, like going out to do his first D and D adventure. But he's riding preposterous as he leaves. Yeah. Oh. Uh, may- maybe even has uh, the gentleman's greeting as his weapon. Absolutely. Can pickle have the monocle? <laughs> oh yes, that's adorable. And then I think Bramwell's little cottage that he made is now just a safe haven for anyone who needs to use it. Oh. Uh, Staples, uh, I think, retires to Absinthia uh, with the inner sewing circle. She spends her days recreationally stabbing things, which is to say knitting. Um, Wait, I think the plu- did she get her bone back? I think she uh, she can ask for it back when Vereen rolls through town because Vereen and Vindros are going on adventures, and they mentioned that they att- occasionally take the plutonium elemental with them. But I think the plutonium elemental at the like end of the day baby. sleeps uh, you know, in Absinthia. Just because that's the the fifties uh, suburbs vibe really goes well with the the looming nuclear threat. I think. I mean, if if you're trying to find somewhere for them to live that is just tonally relevant, then sure. <laughs> um, oh, did I say on the the Revolutionary Council, Marcel, Diana, the Moths, Charlie, and I didn't think I didn't say the Dowlings, uh, Cindy Dowling yeah. and Commander Dowling. Uh, they are husband and wife. You've met them both separately. Mm-hmm. You did not realize they were married. And you know who especially didn't realize they were married was Vereen when he was sleeping with Cindy. These things happen. Oh. <laughs> Send him back home, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. Whoops. Uh, but obviously, you're, they don't recognize you, so you, I don't think you ever face any consequences for no, any of that. That's the good part of all of this. <laughs> to not face consequences accountability is fake uh, oh i mean there are consequences i'm sure that they're felt but uh not directly yeah so the the dowlings also probably serve on the revolutionary council at various points um because they are kind of prominent figures in that community um i want to say the last thing about absinthia is what do you think's the future of the path of the joining um is that a thing that flourishes does it eventually die out is, is it a weird fluke how how are the people involved in that feeling 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that it's something that actually has staying power. Um, I mean, it could if it managed to spread outside of Absinthia, and, and you know, that's not impossible. Uh, it is sort of evangelical in its approach, um, <clears throat> so to speak. But um, it's equally possible that it could just fade away, um, you know, once life resumes a non-war stance and there's not uh, a sense of lacking in that way. Yeah, t I mean, tell me how you feel about this, but I feel like this goes down in the history books as, like, the God King was, uh, you know, a very divisive figure and i think the, like the turex grew disgruntled by having their people conscripted but not getting a voice in government and obviously the moles had a slave uprising and like people remember that's why you know the military conflict happened but the his actual death is goes down as people say like there was this weird uh religious you know cult there was this weird uh, movement that started called the path of the joining and some of their kind of extremist outlier members just YOLO'd the king and then faded into obscurity. Like people don't necessarily have the full picture on that. And that's just kind of like a weird footnote, the way people talk about like the black hand in regards to like World War One. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it could wind up becoming some sort of uh, foundational conspiracy theory myth, um, you know, <laughs> in years hence. Um, but in terms of, of like being significant I, I i think it's it's probably more just a footnote item i i feel like anything that leads our cast of player characters to be forgotten as a weird footnote in history only known in rumor and myth yeah is about the fate they deserve that's pretty cool also <laughs> true i mean vindros would you rather be remembered as a great artist or as the person who killed the king do you want people knowing that exactly i think i think the art career is a much much calmer way to be remembered. You're Vindros, the artist, and people probably can tie you back to the path. But like, hey, weren't you a member of that that weird group that killed the king? And you're like, well, I know some of those people, but you know, I was never really into that. I I, <laughs> I, I think I think if anyone ever asks Vindros about it, it's like and sort of mumbling, and then we'll be like, do you want me to draw a huge mural on that wall for you? You know, artists go through phases, and you know, it was a, a particular interesting time in my life, a very vibrant group of people, but I've moved on. You know, I learned a lot that has inspired my future works. Uh, this this giant piece you see depicting the death of the God King would, would not be possible had I not made such fascinating friends at one time in my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so your art obviously lives on in Absinthia. I think you it becomes like part of like the identity of that region is the the famous murals that you do there, um, as well as I want to say is Weaver's uh, presence in the community leads to a tradition of Tarek having psionics because as written, the Tarek are a very one note kind of D and D thing. They're just like what if post apocalyptic orcs, and then that, that's never really expanded upon. But I think in our universe. They're also uh, distinguished from orcs by being extremely powerfully psionic now. All, all I want to add to this is that, like, it takes several years for people for, to notice, but, like, Vindras is hiding little butts somewhere in all of her art. Oh my god. And as soon as people realize it's a thing, it's like, oh god, it's been in the art for years, we've never seen it. We've been staring at butts the whole time! 
Claire has to still get out of the hole she has literally and figuratively dug herself into. Uh, and the last layer is uh, basically the creeping, unending flesh pits. And uh, that takes a while to get out of because it's gross and awful and it requires climbing basically just straight up because it doesn't seem like there's anything else to do except climb up that massive hole. Uh, so Claire is attempting that, uh, but I imagine she falls many times back into the water of the previous floor. Um, and the entire time she's climbing up, she has to kind of deal with a lot of the thoughts that are on her mind. Uh, the weight of the decision she ultimately has made, um, that she doesn't know the results of. She can only hope that if she gets back to the surface, it's to a world that is it ruled with an iron gauntlet by the God King pretty much. Um, you know, she has to think about what her mother has essentially said to her. Um, and then ultimately what she feels about herself and what it meant to be a conduit and to no longer be one. Uh, so clear. I think after quite a while does eventually manage to climb all the way to the top and dig herself out of the hole that she started all that time ago. And when she re-arrives in Wormwood, she sees it with green for the first time in her life. And she takes a moment to just kind of stop and appreciate the beauty of it all. And then she gets going because she has somewhere she has to be. And that's it. Credits. Fuck oh! you. Tell me. I didn't no. <laughs> I'm the audience now, and I'm mad on their behalf. Tell me. No. No, that's yeah, that's that's Chris. what I expected. Chris, we can we we can wait, Chris. Chris, we can we can wait. Покайся богам, пацан, ведь во всем виноват ты сам.
богам, пацан, ведь во всем виноват ты сам. Похоже, ты влип, пацан, и расхлебывать будешь сам. И расхлебывать будешь Once again, winter will soon be upon us. For me, that means taking inventory of the notes that others have been able to gather from above, and converting them into a usable map of the stars to pair with our maps from below. Hopefully, I will be able to better tell what the future holds for us and what the stars have to tell about who we really are.